Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. Okay, so let me find what we're we're looking at. Um, well, it's an honor to be here speaking with you today. I feel very humbled in this hour to be a voice. And um, just in thinking about uh, what's been on my mind, it's kind of been marinating for a little while. Uh, so just if you don't know me, I'm a high school teacher. I teach uh, 11th and 12th grade, so uh, that's kind of what I do. Um, this house has a lot of different people that are all priests before the Lord. So your main identity is just that priesthood ministry to God. If you're in that place, you're success, right? So there's all kinds of people in this house, and we're coming together at his feet, and that's what we're doing. Um, so today I am talking about the witness of the Father. And it's very, very important in this hour to understand the witness of the Father. And I don't know about you, these last couple of months, um, I've been wrestling with the truth. The truth right now is so important. And I don't want to react to everything around me. I want to be able to respond. But I find myself wrestling internally because how can I respond if I don't know the truth? How can I make a choice? How can I make a decision? How can I move forward if I don't know the truth about the situation, about what's going on, about what I'm seeing constantly? And I kind of got to this message because the Lord brought me to John chapter 8. And um, I asked myself the question, Lindsay, how are you going to recognize the truth? How do you know? And then the next thing I want to answer today is, what does it mean to be a sent one that carries the truth? And how are we going to do that? And so I want to open up by going to Acts chapter 1. If you can just go there with me. We're going to be looking at where the truth comes from. We're going to look at Acts chapter 1. We're going to start at verse 4, actually. And we're going to be reading through verse 8. So if you're there with me, we're starting at verse 4, Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And be being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be a witness to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So we're in the season of Pentecost. It's the month of Savan, the third month of the Hebrew calendar. Right? Last Sunday was Pentecost, but it's the season for Pentecost. Right? And this is what happened 
This is Jesus telling them what's about to happen. He's saying, the witness of the Father is coming to you. Friends, we all have one Father. This is really, really important in this day and time. One Father. If you're in the body of Christ, you have one Father. We have received the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is the promise of the Father. It is the witness of Jesus, and it's the witness of the Father. It's really, really important to realize that's what this family is all about. When you are a son, you understand the witness of the Father, and you can hear the Father's voice. How are we going to know the truth? You've got to be in the witness of the Father. You've got to know how to connect to the Father's voice. We're going to look deeper at that, but it's super important. It's super important because it's not what things look like on the surface. It's not because someone's sitting in a church somewhere that you're their brother and your sister in Christ. It's is that person in connection with the Father, and are the things that they're doing, saying, and showing you bearing witness with the Father? It doesn't matter about all of the outward things. Are they bearing witness with the Father? Is that resonating with you, the things that they are saying? Right? It's really, really important because we are all connected by the Spirit. We are all of one family. But if I'm not listening to my father's voice, then I can get off the rail real quick. Then I can get out of love real quick. I can move into fear real quick. So let's just look at this. I mean, you have to realize the month of Pentecost is the month of giving extravagantly and receiving extravagantly extravagantly from the father. This month is your month to give in a huge measure, looking around for opportunity to give and pour out, but it's also your opportunity this month to receive. So your hands are like this, Lord, it's my month to receive a double portion. It's the month of twins. The constellation for that is Gemini, right? Our drummer, Trey, he just had twins. They're in the NICU right now, four-pound baby boys. I'm telling you, the Lord is resting on twins, a double portion. What is that twin? Well, there are two tablets of the Torah. And also right now we're bringing the Torah into the spirit, which is the manifestation of the completed work that Jesus did. The word and the spirit coming together right now on you. Right? And so that's where we're going. Um, So we're looking at heaven was rent. Right? Mark 1.10, heaven split open over Jesus. He got baptized in repentance by John. Then here comes the witness of the Father, like a dove, saying to him, this is my beloved son, or proclaiming to everyone in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. That happened 2,000 years ago. We can have the outpouring of the Spirit right now, and this is the month for that. Right? So that's what's happening. Jesus is saying, get the witness of my Father. Let's go ahead and look at John chapter 8. Now, I want to encourage you 
If you can listen to the word audibly right now through some different apps that are amazing, whether I have the spoken word app or the word of promise app, I also have this app called Streetlights, which is like the word to like beats. I mean, I'm not that young. 42. But um, you're going to love this app, folks. But I guarantee you, if you listen to this audibly, you listen to John 7, 8, and 9, not just one time, just multiple times, you're going to get it, right? And you're going to see John 7, 8, and 9, the level of controversy that is rising up around Jesus is tremendous. I'm talking spiritual controversy. I'm talking political controversy. I'm talking major division between races and people. I'm talking the atmosphere of the day was very similar to the atmosphere of our day. Big things were happening in the timeline of God's story. And right now, big things are happening in the timeline of God's story. Right? And when you listen to those sequentially, you're going to see, okay, Jesus picked his disciples. And then from that moment, here comes some major issues in the society caused by him. Let me just say he wasn't bringing people together. Right? So we're going to look at John chapter 8. I want you to start at verse 26, and we're going to look at some things here. John 8, 26. So it says, I have many things to say and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. He just said, he who sent me is true. We're looking for the truth now, remember. They did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, talking about the crucifixion, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father taught me, I speak these things. Jesus is getting his truth straight from the Father. The Holy Spirit came to give the witness of the Father. Verse 29, And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. Right? The Father is with you. The Holy Spirit is poured out so you can have the witness of the Father on the inside. Saying to you, you're my beloved. You're accepted into the the brethren. My delight is in you. That's the witness of the Father in your inner man. Right? Jesus, loneliness was not an option for Jesus. He had the witness of the Father. Loneliness is a thing, a big thing, especially right now, these last few months. But I'm telling you, the witness of the Father speaks the truth to you about who you are and who you were made to be, that you have a seat at the table with him, and he has not left you. He has never left you or forsaken you, but you're in his family. 
Verse 30, as he spoke these words, many believed him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And if you shall know the truth, the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say we will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. Let's back up. Jesus said, If you abide in my word, you'll be a disciple. Then he said, It's the truth that makes you free. They had the audacity to say, What are you talking about? They took it very literal. We've never been in slavery. We're children of Abraham. In other words, we're at the top of the food chain here. We're not slaves. Sorry. And he says, yes, you are. He said, you are a slave. You're a slave to sin. Jesus said, the truth makes you free, and sin makes you a slave. So, verse 34, Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. So a slave is not in the family. A son is in the family. You're You're in the family if you're here today. If you're saying to the Lord, remove this sin out of my heart, cleanse me, wash me, if that's your lifestyle, abiding in Christ, listening to him, you're in the family. You're not a slave to that sin anymore. When you're in that place of repentance on a constant basis, that sin has no hold on you. He said sin makes you a slave. Verse 36, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you're free indeed. Verse 37, I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because the word has no place in you. So he's saying to them, I know your lineage, but your lineage is not helping you right now. You're wanting to kill me. He's saying, if you were actually a son, if you were actually my brother, you would bear witness with what I'm saying. But you're not. So guess what? You're not my brother. Listen, when you have all these voices speaking to you, social media, media, TV, blogs, internet, whatever, right? You should have a witness of the Father in your spirit. If there is someone declaring something over the airwaves, there should be a check in your spirit as to if that bears witness with you or not. Sometimes the truth is a hard pill. We don't always agree with it. It doesn't mean it's not bearing witness. These people were in big division. 
They wanted to kill Jesus at the time. They were split down the middle. Some believed, some didn't believe. They're ready to stone him here in a minute. They tell him he has a demon. Jesus, the king of the universe, doesn't have a demon. The witness of the Father has to be your plumb line. It's very, very important because things are not as they seem. Right? And we have to be these folks that are so connected by our connection to the Father is the first connection before we go out and connect to other people. Because he said to you, you'll be my sons if you connect to me. He came for a family. You don't get in the family by me giving you hugs all day and inviting you over for dinner and doing all that. You first get in the family by connecting to the Father. And then when you bear witness with the Father, when you declare something out, I'm going to bear witness with that because I'm connected to my Father. And that's how the family gets built. The family gets built through his spirit. Okay, so 39. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. What did Abraham do? He believed, and it was counted to him as as righteousness. The Lord took him out. He looked at the stars and said, these are going to be your descendants. He believed God, right? That's what makes you part of the family, is believing, even in the midst of the impossible. Abraham had no children. He's in the middle of nowhere, ancient, ancient world. There was no children. There was nothing. But he decided to believe, right? A lot of times right now in the last few months, I can feel the body of Christ and I feel the hopelessness. I feel the discouragement sometimes in the room, like doesn't matter when, anytime, because there's a group of us here and sometimes we're carrying that hopelessness. But we're children of Abraham when we believe. We look at the impossible circumstances that are out there and the shaking that's happening. And we say, we set our face and we say, I believe my God is going to bring us out because he was building a nation out of Abraham. You have to remember God is coming for a bride that looks like a nation of royal priests. He is making a nation out of us, and we will all be connected to the Father. Why will we love our brothers and our sisters? Because we're connected to the Father. Forty, it says, but now you, you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Uh Uh-oh, it's about to get thick. Then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. There's a lot of people out there right now saying their father is God. 
These people at the time were extremely prideful. They thought they were in the family because of their actual lineage. Your lineage has nothing to do with your eternal destiny. Your lineage in the earth has nothing to do with who you are called to be in God. Your lineage, your eternal heritage in God happens when you connect to your father. These people were standing on the fact that they were a nation, the nation of Abraham. Jesus is about to tell them in verse 42, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come from myself, but he sent me. He says, if you were in my family, you would love me. You don't love me. Guess what? We have a different dad. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. 44. You are of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Come on, folks. How many people right now are speaking out of their own resources? They have no connection with the father. This nonsense that's going on, there's no connection with the Father. It hits you all every way. No way that that connects with you. Because if you're bearing witness with the Father, all of it sounds like nonsense. And he tells them straight up, your father is the devil. He's not really mincing words. He's not really trying to keep it PC. He split them right down the middle. He's talking to the political figures, the rabbis, all of the people, right there. He told them, your father is the devil. Let that sink in. That's why I'm saying, listen to it audibly. When you hear it audibly, I mean, I'm reading it to you, but when you listen to it and you marinate on it, you're going to see how really controversial this is, and you're going to see how Not really different is our day and time than this day and time. It's very, very similar. Why? Because the coming of the Lord. It's coming. We're in the generation of the Lord's return. So this stuff feels the same. The reason you don't think that is because we haven't sent and we haven't marinated in it. And you haven't listened to it really what's really happening. You got to do that. Okay, so he just tells them that their father is the devil. Verse 45, but because I tell the truth, you don't believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you're not of God. Think about that for a second. There are some people, even in the body of Christ, that are not connected to the Father. And there are things that they are saying are not resonating very well 
at all. And you're wondering why, and you're like, I'm looking for the truth. How come I'm not getting it? Because when the witness of the Father is there, you're going to feel that truth, and you're going to hear that truth. You were made to know the truth because the Holy Spirit has been poured out. If you're connected to the Father, you don't have to worry about it. Because if you're abiding in him, you're going to be able to connect with it, and every other thing is going to be false. Right? How do they, how do they, um, I say this to my students all the time. How do you, how do those people that judge counterfeit money, how do they, how do they do that? This lady over here, Carrie, she knows. Those that, those that pick out counterfeit money, what they do is they study true bills. They study true bills. They study true bills so much that when they see a counterfeit, they can easily pick it out, right? You've got to be abiding so much with your father, so connected with him, that when you feel something that's not a witness of the father, then you dismiss that, right? Really quickly, um, let's skip on. Oh, well, let's just see how Jesus refutes uh, well, 48, then the Jews answered and said to him, do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? So now they turn it on him and say, you have a demon. Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. And I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. They're about to go nuts. Then Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. I mean, come on. If you're there and you're just a bystander, you don't know all that much, but maybe you went to Torah school or whatever, and you're watching this scene, you're saying what I'm saying. Like, what's the truth? Who is this guy? Who are you, Jesus? These people say you have a demon. You're saying the words of life. I'm getting confused. I need to know what's real. Right? Then he says, you're not gonna, if you keep my word, you're not going to taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who was dead? And the prophets who are dead? Who, you, who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It's my father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. And your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Abraham was rejoicing in the prophetic vision of Jesus, the Messiah, coming into the earth and creating a nation to redeem back, right? Revelation 5, Jesus has a scroll. Abraham saw that and was glad about it. These people are mad about it. They don't even know, right? So, again, if I'm going to summarize this, when I do, I'm going to say, I want to say, okay, then how do we do that? How do we connect to the Father, right? Well, I think there's probably about four things. One, you got to learn to hear, right? There's probably uh, four different people sitting here. Those that want to hear the Father better want to learn to hear His voice, right? Two, these kind of go together. Two is you got to set your heart to, to love the truth. Loving the truth is not easy. The truth hurts, right? It's a famous quote, Jack Nicholson. You can't handle the truth. 
If you're younger than me, you probably haven't seen that movie, but whatever. Sometimes we can't handle the truth. It doesn't mean it's not true. You may not like the fact that gravity exists, but if you jump off that building, you're going to hit the ground. Like, I'm sorry. You have to set yourself to love the truth. Me personally, I'm going to hear something about myself or about my situation that I may not like. It doesn't mean that it's not true. It means I need to wrestle with it and receive it. Right? So you got to love the truth. Three, you've got to ask the Lord to help you walk out the truth in your own life. So you can be Psalm 1. He who meditates on the, the word of God doesn't stand, sit, or walk with scorners, the scornful, but meditates on the word day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bearing fruit every season without fail. Listen to that. Every season without fail. You were made to prosper in every season without fail as you meditate on the truth. The word of God and the spirit of God coming together in your life as you meditate on that. You were made to prosper in every season. I think that includes the season of COVID. I think that includes the season of civil unrest or whatever you want to call it. The season of an election. Every season you were made to prosper as you meditate on the word. Right? So you've got to walk that out authentically. Once you learn something from the Father, Lord, help me walk that out. Right? He releases grace and power for you to walk out the truth in your life. Authenticity. Right? You're not duplistic. You are what you say. And family is the biggest place to walk this out, and that training ground is in your home. Parents, I'll throw this in for free. When you live out the word of God in front of your kids in truth, you honor your word, you do what the word says, they see you praying, they see you walking it out, they see you reading, they see you meditating, they see you doing all the things in front of them every day, that authenticity is what they're seeing. They're seeing the connection of the father. That's why the family was designed like that, for them to understand the connection of the Father so they're connected to you in that way, and then they go do it. You show them how to do that. Connect to the Father, right? We all have one Father. Your kids, even though they're small and immature, they can connect to their Father, you want your kid to get some maturity, let them connect. And the father will start speaking to them. I mean, look at Jesus. At 12, he was in the temple preaching. You know, so that's the biggest place that you can be authentic is in your home. Come on, your kids know you. Right? When you repent and say you're sorry and admit something and humble yourself, hey, that's authenticity. Those kids will feel that anchor in your soul and they will grab a hold on it and they will plant their anchor down. Four, then after you walk it out, you begin to declare it as a messenger. 
that's the season we're in right now where the Lord is releasing your life message. Right? You got a life message? And let me tell you a few things about that life message. Your life message is for an appointed time. You're walking it out, but you're going to begin to declare it at an appointed time. The other thing about your life message is that the Lord will teach you to clean out the filter of your heart so that it's a pure message going forth, like clear water going forth. This is at your coffee date over here with your friend that is struggling. This is at the checker at the Walmart. This is with your child, your husband, your spouse. This is your message that's written on your heart that the Lord said he's written it on your heart now, right? The other thing about your message is that your life message, you cannot be swayed on by persecution or accusation. Because look at Jesus. They said he had a demon. They wanted to kill him. Right now they're about to try to stone him, but he like slips away. Doesn't mean he wasn't the truth. He is the truth. He is the word. But you're going to have some accusation and some persecution around your message. Then the next thing is that when you are sent, you are able to walk in the fear and the humility of God as you release your message because it's part of who you are. So you're humble in that. It's coming out of your, your bones. It's coming out of your cells. You've walked it out. You're authentic in it. There's no pride in that. You walk through that trial. You went through that. Why would you be prideful about it? You know it was hell when you went through, right? There's no pride in that. There's humility in your message, right? When you are going to declare that out, the humility of God and the fear of God comes on your message, and it hits the mark, and it plumb lines people, and they hear the Father in your message, and it brings them into the family, right? So those are some keys, right, to your life message. Now, I want to tell you, and I'm going to have you stand, and I'm going to ask, um, let's go ahead and stand. Now, I'm telling you right now that this is a season where the Lord is releasing messengers. Now, reject the lie that's like, I don't have a voice. There's too many voices out there. There's not going to be room for my voice. No, you are a unique individual in God's family, and your voice has a frequency like no other voice. And he is releasing your message, right? Some of y'all have been searching for that. Some of you are going to walk your message out. Some of you are going to write your message down. Some of you are going to blog your message. Some of you are going to visual. Your message is visual. It's all in pictures, some of you, your message is a song. You're a songwriter. You're a musician. Some of your, your message is something else that you create. Some of you, your message is your business and the things that go along with that, right? That is a life message, but the Lord is releasing those right now, right? For those that are sons connecting with him, releasing their message, that message is going to build the bride. It's going to build his end time bride. It's going to bring everyone into the family. 
Because right now we're sitting here with so much division and chaos and thinking, how is this family ever going to get built? How is this bride ever going to be ready? It's going to be ready when you connect with the Father and you release your message and it resounds in the sons of God and they begin to come together. Right? Okay, so we have, this is where we are. Right? So we have a few different people in here. We have the first that are asking the Lord to hear, to connect with the Father. They're asking to hear his voice in a greater capacity. We have some in here that need to set their mind to love the truth. Right? You're setting it. Lord, even if this hurts, if I discern the truth, and it's the truth, and I might, and I might jive with me, but I'm going to say yes to it. Right? Those are the second people. The next people is you're asking, Lord, for grace to walk out the truth. You need authenticity in your life. You know the truth, but you're not doing it. You know the truth, but you have a hard time coming into alignment with it. Right? We have those folks. And when, when, and some of you, you're just like, I love it. I'm there, but I just need grace and momentum to begin to walk it out. Right? So there's those people. And then the fourth are those that are ready to declare their message. You're like a horse in the gate and you're ready to get out. There's some horses here ready to run, I'm telling you, because that's what this house is. Right? And when those horses get released, this is like a side bonus note. Don't sit there and criticize your brothers and wonder if they've got it. Ask for the witness of the Father right? Because there are some horses that are about to run, and it may not be very uh, PC. It might be offending to you, right? So we have four people, four different types, and you might be two or three of them. But we're going to ask the Lord right now for the equipping of the saints. He's preparing you right now. Lord, I ask right now for your bride.